San Francisco Dance Film Festival presents Dancing Through the Lens, a bi-monthly podcast featuring guests from our dance and filmmaking communities, both near and far. Dancing Through the Lens offers a platform for artists in the dance world to share their interests and insights and discuss how they use film to create work and connect with audiences. I'm Claire Schweitzer. And I'm Coral Martin. If there's any style of dance that the Bay can call its own, it's turfing. Whether seen on a BART train or in an E-40 video, the gravity-bending physical storytelling of turfing can turn any place into a stage. But it was one performance from the group Turf Fiends, captured in the rain in 2009, that saw turfing thrust onto an international stage, changing the trajectories of both the dancers in front of the camera including Gary Icecold Morgan, and the person behind the camera, Yoram Savian, co-founder of SFDFF Embodiment Award-winning production company, Yak Films. On this first episode of a two-part conversation with Gary and Yoram, we discussed how their creative paths led to their collaboration and how one's life changes when the world is your audience. Gary, Yoram, thank you for joining us on the show today. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here, honestly. Thank you. Glad to be here as well. Now, your collaboration spans well over a decade at this point. How did you two first meet and how did you start collaborating? Yeah, no, we, we've known each other for a very long time. I mean, when, the way I try to explain it to people is like, you know, collaboration requires... Um, a lot of a lot of trust and a lot of understanding of where the other person is coming from. Um, you can't really collaborate with someone that you're not um, equal with, um, because then, you know, either someone's working for you or you're working for them is is usually how things are arranged. Um, for it to be a true collaboration, it's like artists that come together on an equal footing and that each bring something to the table um, that is very complementary. And so the way we met is I was an up and coming. Um, visual artist, you know, photo and video. Um, I got a job at the Youth Uprising Center in East Oakland. Um, I was doing research at the time uh, for my bachelor's at UC Berkeley um, that involved reporting on violence from a health and safety perspective rather than from a sensational and destructive perspective, I would say. Um, A lot of the news that was coming out of Oakland at the time was um, very negative for the people in Oakland and for the perception of Oakland outside of its its borders. Um, and so I was working with a reporter from the Oakland Tribune and I was working for um, a, a professor in the Graduate School of Journalism uh, designing um, a program at the Youth Uprising Center that was going to involve the perspective and voices of young people um, telling their own stories about the neighborhood. And through that work, um, I got noticed um, for my my talents, I guess, um, by the administrators of the youth center. They offered me an AmeriCorps position uh, for that summer while I was still in college. Um, And so the interesting part of it is that I was teaching 13 to 24 year olds being myself in that population. So um, there was a there was a, a connection there that was able to be established because even though I wasn't from East Oakland and even though I was born in actually a different country, I was born in France, um, I was able to connect with people on a more 
equal footing just because of being the same age and, and having very similar interests. So um, a lot of the young people that came to the center um, were poets and painters and dancers and models and young photographers, videographers. So there was a lot of talent coming through the doors. And we, we used to make videos about everything, um, PSAs, um, a lot of poems, you know, kind of like street vlogs. Like this is this is the beginning of YouTube. So it's before before Instagram, before TikTok, before all of this. And some of the dancers that came to the center were coming from the high school next door, Castlemont, which now has been broken up into different smaller schools. But Gary was one of the students um, at Castlemont that just would come through to the center. I think he was just 17 years old at the time. Um, and I must have been 21 or something like that. Um, and and yeah, we met because of just being in the same place at the same time. And uh, we got this opportunity. Um, so very specifically, we got this opportunity with the Oakland Museum of California that did an exhibit at the time called Cool Remixed. Uh, my partner at the time, that I had that was working with me at the youth center. His name's Cash Gaines. He was one of the, my students at the time. We ended up collaborating um, for this project for Cool Remix. Was this idea of like the birth of the cool and how how that was invented in the fifties um, by Miles Davis and others, and how that was now relevant to where we were at today. So Cool Remix was the idea of like what's cool in Oakland now, and so we made um, a mural arts project that in involved uh, dancing. And so that was the first dance videos that we made uh, in the streets with the turf fiends. And Gary was one of the turf fiends at the time. So, yeah, we just went across the street from the youth center uh, on MacArthur Boulevard and filmed. There was this this spot that we would all kind of congregate. What's very noticeable about the neighborhood in East Oakland we were working in is that there's a severe lack of basic resources for people to survive in a healthy fashion. So what I mean by that is that there is no supermarket, there's no restaurant, there's no healthcare facility. There's a school that now has been broken up that had like one of the highest um, dropout rates uh, in Oakland. Um, and so people that were growing up in the neighborhood at the time had a dire need for just the basic services that allow you to just survive and thrive. And so the Youth Uprising Center was providing like a one-stop shop for a lot of those needs. Um, so there was dance classes, there was a cafe with food, there was career and education services, there was a health clinic in the back, there was um, modeling, photography, I mean, all kinds of art. There was, of course, music production. Um, and we had like local legends like Casual and Too Short that were working out of the center. Um, so and it was a hub, like a lot of the people that would come visit were you know, like we had Arnold Schwarzenegger come down as a governor, I think one time, um, Eric Holder, who's um, attorney general, um, a lot of music artists would come through because it was a model for what for what is needed in neighborhoods that have been abandoned by the state, basically. Um, and so I'm setting that up to say that the mini mart was kind of our hub because that's the only food source that was close by. So when we had to eat lunch, or when we wanted a snack or something like that, it was either the cafe at the at the center or or people would go to the mini mart. And so we started filming videos there at the mini mart and actually developed a relationship with, with the owners there where it's like they would they would allow us to just shoot music videos there and it became kind of like a a thing that we would do regularly. 
and you know, as you mentioned, this came out uh, really as YouTube was just starting to get going. And I think that's something that's so special, particularly about the, the Rich D video, is that it came out at a time when maybe viewers were more inclined to take that time to really watch that story and really watch that unfold. But Gary, I would actually like to ask you um, about your work or in your role with uh, Turfines. And first of all, how did you start getting involved with this movement? Okay, so I got into it basically because my big brother was a dancer, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm basically a product of everything my big brother liked. So everything he ever liked, I did it at a better level than him, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, my big brother was my guide to who I was in life or the things that I liked or I was going to be a part of. So he was basically telling me my future now that I look back. Like, all right, so I played basketball. I learned how to dance and all that. And then I'm just like, man, like I got a big brother, man. Everything he did was cool to me. So I learned how to dance, um, but didn't really start until I, until I got in middle school. And and I was going to Bancroft Middle School at the time, so I went to school in Saliandro. I didn't I didn't uh, left Oakland after elementary, but I always came back to Oakland because I had family out there. So I was like, I want to learn, I want to know new people. So I'm gonna go to school in a different area. So I already know everybody in Oakland. So I'm gonna go to school in Saliandro. So and in Saliandro, it was like some people who was just like me who didn't want to go to school in Oakland and wanted to meet other people. So they brought that talent so I was at a talent show and and it was like I think his name was Ray Coleman Charles Jim George and um Craig and Isaiah and they danced to I Need a Hot Girl the instrumental and that changed my life like I was like I was literally just looking like what like you can really do this type of type of dancing like are you serious and it just looked it so clean and and we was all so juiced as kids. And, they, and they, they was the eighth graders at the time. So we was just in the sixth grade and they was in the eighth grade. So they was just, and I'm just like, man, I really got to learn how to do it. Like, this is what my big brother be doing? I'm like, okay. Because when my big brother and my cousins made dance videos back in the day, we, we would have to leave. We couldn't be around them or nothing because they made like, they had the old school camcorders where they made, where they made just videos of them dancing, like little montages. And they would show the family later on, so I could never be around them dur during the time they was creating. So I had to wait to see the finished product, but yeah, that's how I got into dancing. And uh, I met the Turfines because uh, my cousin D-Real, D-Real, uh, we used to dance together, but we never had a team, but we was always dancing together. And uh, he's actually the one in a white t-shirt and blue jeans in the video. So, mm. so it was okay. his brother. So that's actually my cousin. And... um. He joined the Turfines before I did, and I was mad. So I created a team named the Goon Stars specifically to battle the Turfines. So I got them ready. We, we we got in the lab for like two months straight. Every day after school, I went to go buy them team hoodies and everything. So we felt like a team, and then we went up to Youth Uprising and battled the Turfines. And the Turfines wanted... Me and two and two and two other uh, members I had at my on my team that was Devana and George, uh, they was uh, like Turfians probably like for two years. They didn't last for that long, but um, yeah, they wanted me and two other my members. But you know, I end up being one of the main people just off seniority and everything that happened. But I had to learn so much from everybody. Looney taught me a lot. Like Looney, like he's the one that really taught taught me hands on when I got on the team. 
and uh, I used to lab with Chunky and Man all the time. But I ne- every time I got around Looney, it was all mental, and he was just teaching me like everything. And uh, I think he taught me the most after we won uh, this film festival th- that we did with Yak Films. So. I actually wanted to ask you what it was like after the video started to go viral and more eyes are starting to get onto Turfings. How did the the group evolve from there? And what were some of the challenges of having so many more people watching your movement? The challenge after the, the video went viral, I think everything changed. Everything changed in the fact that we had the, the bigger responsibility and like I, I mean that way. Like you know, everybody was looking at us for like how to how how do y'all how are y'all doing this? Like what are y'all doing? How are y'all getting all these phone calls to be on this music video and that music video? So the competitive nature started to increase after that with everybody. Like everybody just was coming at us. Like we was a target, you know. Like in our neighborhoods, everybody started loving us more. The neighborhoods started treating us better, but the neighborhoods started loving us because we represented where we was all from. They knew we was like, well, they'll see us walk to the center every day. They'll see us walking everywhere. That was the thing. So we was a part of our community. So we never had to worry about the streets coming after us. It was always like competition with other dance groups and stuff like that. You know, that's, that's where the hate, certain type of hate came from. And it was like, it made it harder because like we all grew up together. We were friends, you know, even when you do help out, people still find a way to like not like you or not like what you're doing because they want the position. And that's a lot of stuff people don't talk about because we go through, we're, we, we were actually going through that, you know, and we got more attention, but, and I think with the eyes being on us more from like the world, I think our expectations grew bigger. Like the, the things we had to produce were like, nothing can touch the rain video in their eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing for some strange reason, whether it's nostalgia or whatever, like we can't recreate that video. We can't create like another video like that because that's the video is one of a kind. I call it, the, I call it personally the, the greatest dance video of all time because I don't understand how it reached everybody's lives like that. It's like you can ask anybody about that video, any dancer in the world, and they know about the video. You know what I'm saying? Any dancer. And it's like, and it's like, it's a, it's a lot of dance videos I don't even know about or recognize, but, and I feel like with that, like, that made us like a valuable piece in Oakland. I feel like that video stamped us in our city as far as, you know, icons, inspirational figures. And then the, the RIP videos we were doing at that time, I think that's why our neighborhood love us so much these days, you know what I'm saying? Because of what we was given back then, you know, Yo Ram helped with that too. Cause he was, he was, he was putting the vision out there. But at the same time, it's just like, I felt like everybody treated us better. Cause we can go anywhere in Oakland. Everybody can't go anywhere in Oakland, you know? So that, that, that's, that's like a major accomplishment to have. And it's like, it's sad to say that, that that's an accomplishment, but it's like, you would want to be able to go everywhere. And, and our talent and everything helped that for everybody. Everybody that was a turfing had that same luxury. Everybody around the turfings had the same luxury. Like I was at a dance battle one time and my cousin had came with me. And after the dance battle, he got a gun pulled out on him. Somebody was, you know, he, he had a gun pulled out on him. Dude had seen me, I was walking with my girlfriend, you know, I was just talking to her. And then I looked over and then I'm like, bro, what, what's going on? 
And then the dude with the gun turned around and said, you know him? I said, yeah, that's my partner. He said, boy, you lucky you know this dude, bro. I didn't even know the dude with the gun. That's the thing about it. I didn't even know him. But he said, since you know this dude, you know him, bro. You good. I said, bro, like dancing really be saving lives. Literally, it's like not just our lives. It, it, it affects everybody around us. And, you know, people care about your people because of who you are. And it's like we're like hood celebrities at that point. And I wasn't even in my city at the time. And it was just like, it's crazy how how the hood want to protect the talent. You know what I'm saying? Like the hood, because you 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 give the hood, you give them hope. You give them, you, you help them see that that's true. Because they see you every day. And then they turn on their TV and they see you. Know, like, that's my brother. That's my, you know, I know him. Ooh. And that right there gives people, you know, people feel good off who they know. You know what I'm saying? Because it's always about who you know. It's not about which, which it's, you know, everybody says that. So it's about who you know. I think that video did a lot, man. So when it went viral, and it brought the whole attention to turf dancing. It didn't just bring it to us. It brought the whole attention to turf dancing. And I think we really needed that. And that's what I've always been about, like, the culture, really. It's like, I'm about the turfings 100%, but I love the culture, too. And the turfings are the culture. So, you know, we, we always got to find ways. And that's why it's so hard when 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 everybody don't love you like that you know when you expect everybody to and you try to help everybody and everybody still don't like you because you're able to help everybody you're able to help a lot of people and not everybody likes positive things and that's hard for me to realize you know thank you for listening to part one of this conversation with gary ice cold morgan and yoram savian part two will hit the streams next week please subscribe and stay tuned. Ballet 22 presents a new take on Ramon Oyer's critically acclaimed Carmen between September 3rd through 5th at the Great Star Theater in San Francisco. Reimagined on the artists of Ballet 22, Ramon has taken his Carmen to new heights. The program will conclude with a world premiere also choreographed by Ramon. More details can be found in the show notes. Dancing Through the Lens is a production of the San Francisco Dance Film Festival. It is produced and hosted by Coral Martin and Claire Schweitzer. Theme music for Dancing Through the Lens was composed by Daria Novo. You can find the San Francisco Dance Film Festival online at sfdancefilmfest.org and in the social media pages linked in the show notes.